Hi, and welcome back to the Beauty of Conflict podcast. We know you're busy, and we want to make it easy for you to understand how conflict may likely be showing up in a way that's impacting your team negatively. We've recorded the first three chapters of our book for you to listen to for free. Get your free audio sample at thriveinc.com forward slash free sample. That's T-H-R-I-B-E-I-N-C dot com forward slash F-R-E-E-S-A-M-P-L-E. Hi, this is Susan Clark. And this is Chris Marie Campbell. And we are launching into this new year and... 2023. Yes. And one of our big projects for this year that we're really excited about participating in is we're working with a company called Get Rally, G-E-T-R-A-L-I.com. And we got introduced to them through one of our guests here on the podcast, Gavrielle Fuster. We This company takes people like ourselves, like her, who have some really great content that they want to deliver out in the world and through their platform, also make it accessible for an entire organization. So we're working with our Beauty of Conflict material to bring that to a larger audience. And one of the things that's unique about this, it's not just a plain e-learning site. It's for organizations and teams to actually learn together. Mm -hmm. So this is really driving and they can measure if it's driving behavioral change. So let's say we do all this work and we put out what they call a journey, which is just a class through on Beauty of Conflict. And some things work really great and some things don't. We're going to tweak them so that we are the things that we're putting out, actually people relate to, engage in, and change their behavior, which I think is so cool. It is kind of quite fascinating. When we got linked with them, I took just a couple experimental test drives of some programs on there. And I, I loved, it was like, learn, do, inspire, or yeah, those are the different areas. And it was very engaging. So I'm excited about this. And it's also, what happens is, organizations adopt it. And then so your team, let's say your team says, hey, we're going to do the beauty of conflict. And so maybe one person jumps in and does a lot of it. And then I come in later, I'm on the team and I'm like, oh, this is what Susan, oh, this is what she, okay. And I get to see what you're sharing. There's things that you don't have to share, but there's a team like this, a team conversation that starts to develop around the material. Yes. And the other thing that's cool is, you know, it's always been difficult for us because there's just two of us. And (laughs) so to actually deliver and get into an organization and really support them is not always that viable. We do, but it takes, it's not always the easiest process. So this builds more of a continuity, especially in a larger organization. And we can partner with people like Gabriella who has different material. We don't have to try to do her material. We can actually use this learning platform and opportunity to bring more material in. And it makes it affordable for the organization to give this training the training that we have, I think this is what you're saying, Susan, like we work at the executive level, but this lets it cascade all the way down to 10,000 people if it's that big of an organization or 200 people. And we really weren't thinking that we were going to do this uh, particular podcast around Get Rally. But what the heck? It's a good way to kick off the year because what it's involved is us really diving into our material from a different lens. And of course, you know, over the years, there's been lots of things we've added to it. We've We live out in the work we do, and now we're trying to create it and put it into this process, this journey, as Rally calls it. 
And so what we've been doing is actually the big thing that Susan, you were saying this, that COVID taught us is, wow, we learned a lot about how people react in stress and how to help them settle their nervous system, just dealing with the, the stress of COVID. But we also realized, hey, we're talking about conflict and we're, we haven't been addressing, we didn't in our book five years ago, how do you actually deal with the stress of conflict? Because you really, you can't talk about conflict without talking about stress. Sure. And, and, and if you are, then you're probably being pretty unconscious about it. Let's well, just say. And maybe we were back then. You know, <laughs> um, in the sense that in any given situation like that, you, when conflict comes up, it's a, it's a situation where there's usually tension and uncertainty. Those are aspects that demand your system, your nervous system to kind of spike often will create some adrenaline. Even if you like a good fight, you're still pretty riding it through some form of adrenaline, which is in your nervous system, spiking it up and turning it on. And what that does is that shuts down the, the all that adrenaline, cortisol is bathing your whole system, shutting down your prefrontal cortex. So your IQ is dropping and you actually think it's a good thing, especially if you're angry, it gives you like a false sense of confidence. Like, Oh, I really need to say this mean thing to them. Of course, you're going to come down from that spike and realize, wow, what was I thinking? But in that altered state, you really think it's a good idea. And so as we've been doing this, we've also been talking about this from the standpoint of how there's systemic stress too that impacts a team, an organization, a community, any of that. And when the system is sort of regulated, it's in, in our own nervous system, think of it like this. You know, you want your curve to be going up and down. It looks like a sine wave. So it goes up and you feel stressed and then the, the threat is over and you come down and you recover and you rest and relax and digest. And then, uh-oh, something else. Okay, I stress. I rise to the occasion. Maybe I'm given a presentation. That's an exciting thing. Ooh, and then I come down. So you want this ebb and flow. And what often happens in our own nervous systems is we get where we turn it on, but we don't actually turn it off. We don't go to that rest and digest. What happens is, oh, I'm in one Zoom meeting and I get, oh, that's right, I'm stressed about that and I get it to do, but I have to go to another Zoom meeting and then another one. And I keep getting other these all these tasks that I have to do and I have to follow up with that conversation and I don't take a break to go to the bathroom or eat. And so I am staying in stress, 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 never coming down and re relaxing, staying in that fight, flight, that adrenaline cortisol state. And again, you know, the idea is we talk about this a lot in terms of athletics, you know, you don't, yeah, you want to, you want to work out hard. Sometimes you want to, you know, have that capacity to do that. But if you were working out all the time, that would not be a good thing. Well, and even in my own Olympic career, when I was training and I was in the, the last year and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to work. I, I started doing extra workouts. So when I was stressed, I started working out like double time outside of what the coach was saying. I got injured. I was off the water. I basically had a collapse where I was off. I couldn't row for three months and then had to come back and re-engage in the whole process, which I did. But mm -hmm. that's because I was not taking care of my own stress response. And, you know, these days there's lots of indicators in terms of the level of burnout that's going on, in terms of people that are having autoimmune challenges, headaches. There are all sorts of things that are signs that stress, your stress may not be in a regulated state. state. 
Yeah. And and you could it could you could feel like it's I'm always going, I got so much energy, but at some point you're gonna collapse. And <laughs> I think, I do think people think it, it becomes a new normal, like, ooh, I'm energized, that's great. But it, you really have to start to become aware, am I actually living off adrenaline? Because mm-hmm. if you are, it's really eating away at your own body and mm-hmm. your systems. Yes. And you may not put these things together like, oh, I can no longer eat this or I'm having trouble and I'm allergic to something I've never been allergic to. I'm having pain in places I've never had. These are all signs that stress might be a factor. Now, I talked about this because I was talking about systemic stress, (laughs) but just like we have that system in our nervous system, organizations made up of people have (laughs) a nervous system, so to speak. And if it's always on firefighting mode, urgent. Everything's got to go. Everything's got to go. Without any real awareness of that stress, same stress curve, the organization will come to a point of stagnation, or maybe it looks like people are kind of complacent, but it could just be that they're not, they've kind of collapsed. They don't know what to do. Or it could be, I've seen companies, we've worked in organizations where they're super busy, but if you were to ask them what they're actually doing and how it aligns with anything, they don't know. They don't even realize that a great deal of their behavior is actually just from a state of staying urgent and busy. And it's not really healthy. Yeah. I think that was, that's especially before COVID, a lot of people were like, the busier I am, you know, I have to look busy and that's going to help me rise up the ladder. Because if I actually relax, I'm going to look lazier. People are going to think I'm not paying attention. Yes. And that's that's really sad because we do need to work hard and then pull back multiple times a day. And then even in bigger organizations, here's some symptoms of if your organization, you may naturally know this isn't occurring for you, but like if there's no time to do a lessons learned on a project that kind of worked, but didn't all the way work, or there's not a celebration and key like, hey, we we finished this quarter or we finished this half of the year or we finished the year, like recognizing people and stepping back and looking at what we did well and what we didn't. Those are indications if, you, if you're doing that, that's a good thing. And if you're not, you're kind of just reacting to mm-hmm. the current crisis. And so often it's easy to just get on that trajectory and not even really get it. Now, and then somebody new comes in and says, what, what's going on here? And usually they just sort of, oh, come on, get with the program. This is how we do it here. We we go, 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 go. But it, I think sometimes it's important to listen to that naysayer. And do they have something worthy that they're saying? <laughs> Are we really, is this high level of action and movement what we really need to be doing and wanting to do. One of the things I like that you say, Susan, is you'll ask your clients, is this life or death? Mm-hmm. And it kind of like, well, actually, no. Does it have to be done right now? Well, it feels like I have to do it. And it's really like trying to find some way. That might not be the right question for you, but finding some way to reset your perspective on wait a minute, I am making this uber important. I'm missing my kids. I'm not taking care. I'm not doing yoga or taking something that, taking my lunch break because I think this has to be done. And it's really, it could probably wait and you might even have a better, a better brain going into it tomorrow or later mm-hmm. in the day. 
So, I mean, this was a big piece that we've been talking about and integrating into this rally piece. There's a lot of different aspects of looking at stress, stress internally for yourself, stress on a team, systemic stress, and how not to make it right or wrong, because that's, you know, stress is a healthy thing. It's not a bad thing. The key is how do you handle it? And also even how do you think about it? Like there's this great TED Talk, which I can't remember the name of, but we've mentioned it before, that when people think stress is bad, the story they tell themselves about stress, like, oh my gosh, I'm too stressed. That actually reinforces the stress versus like, well, you know, I'm stressed. This is my body's way. My heart rate's racing. My body's way of preparing me for this challenge. It actually opens the blood vessels and it it doesn't have the negative effect that if you're thinking stress is bad, this is really bad, does. And it's the same we like to say with conflict. If you think, oh my God, we're in a conflict, that's really bad. The story you're telling about yourself, telling yourself about it is actually making it worse or could make it better. Like, of course, this is natural. We bump into each other. Mm-hmm. That's what conflict's about. And, there, you know, there's also been some other great learnings from this because we've been doing kind of the same, some of the things we always talk about, this notion of vulnerability and curiosity. And we've really been trying to put it into how do you take vulnerability and put it into action? And Chris Marie came up with this one, which I think is vulnerability in action. And I love the idea. You want to say, tell us? Well, when we, we were talking about, well, what does it really mean to be vulnerable? And vulnerability in action is when I can acknowledge, wow, I'm really uncomfortable right now. Or I am being so pushy because I'm stressed about meeting this deadline. And I just really want to acknowledge that. And, and I think the start of vulnerability in action is just that notion of turning 180. It's instead of, because it's so easy under stress to just be looking outside yourself for the problem, whack-a-mole, you know, <laughs> kind of like. If this was only different, I'd feel better. Yeah, if the world weren't in such a state, if we only had, you know, yeah. if she would just do it my way. And so the first step is, you know, turn around like, whoa, what's going on? And then recognize and own your part, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. And yeah, it can be like, I'm getting really defensive. It could also be just doing something because, you know, once you own your part, you can do something. You actually could take a deep breath and wait a minute, it's not life or death. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it shifts something inside where I'm not in that whack-a-mole state. When we're, when we're in that high stress state, we tend to actually get more narrow focus, selfish, think of the world as objects that I need to control and we are less introspective. So it really takes a uh, an effort to look 180. And as soon as I do and I start to acknowledge there's something that shifts, whether it's I drop into my body or I drop into my heart, I get out of just that story in my brain. Then mm. I, I actually can, as soon as I acknowledge, that's a connecting cord to you mm-hmm. or the other people in the room. So I'm sure, listeners, you may have felt that that moment that you or somebody else does something different, like, wow, what are, do we really want to be doing this? I'm uncomfortable, mm-hmm. where the energy shifts all of a sudden, and it feels different. And, you know, we're having fun sort of tying in so many of the things that we've been nurturing and working with over the last year, like even whole brain. You know, mm-hmm. we loved our work and our interviewing with Jill Bolte-Taylor and the, and so much of this, you know, really the idea of learning how to regulate and have the capacity for a regulated nervous system, you really also need to tap into that whole brain. That's a big part of it. When we're in a stress state, if you go back and listen to those podcasts, we did two of them with Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. 
we can get stuck in brain character one and two, which is the me axis. Like, oh my gosh, bad things are going to happen. Okay, I'll take care of it. But that's character two and one. And so she was often, she was, her work is like, notice that. And how can you bring in character three, which is more present moment? Whoa, what would be fun to do or interesting or sensory? Yeah. Yeah, And character four is like, wow, we are all connected. So the character three and four really is that right brain, which is our the we in our model that really connects us to our oneness, our collective. And it feels different. It really is heart opening when we bring that aspect in. And to really realize, you know, we, we all do have an ego. We have a character one and character two. One, they're not bad. <laughs> they're, they're important for business to get things done. And we have a, we, we are part of the whole universe. It's not like getting rid of one or the other. So it's really fun to kind of really look at our model through even that lens of whole brain. And well, and even together. the reason we talk about rowing in the same direction and having collective goals is that taps that we like, hey, we're in this together. We can do this as a team is the we part. So you're not like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, this is all on my shoulders. I've got to do it. Yes. And, you know, more than ever right now, I think because of some of the headwinds, the uncertainty and things like that, we really are in a phase where it's hard to know what the next year is going to bring in terms of business, you know, success or not. There's not a set model, not that there really ever was, but, you know. Well, I think there's been more stability and lately it's been more unstable, I guess it's a word, (laughs) unpredictable. Yeah. And I do think what we're attempting to help people do in our work with conflict and really in who they are is help them thrive even in unsettled times yeah. and and develop what we call just distress tolerance, which is the ability to stay grounded and open, even in uncomfortable circumstances. And being able to have that capacity, because that's going to be, allow you to create healthy relationships, actually be able to face the world, not so alone, not so separate, but in a collective unified way of moving forward. We are tribal beings. We love being connected. Even if we've gotten to a place where I need to isolate, that's usually a stress response, a maladapted stress response where it's not safe to be around people. And as, as we balance our own nervous systems, we naturally want to connect and engage with people. And and you join a company, hopefully, because you're excited about the mission and what the purpose is and the people around that you're doing, even if you're working remotely. Yes. So we're bringing all this up because we're jazzed about it. We're <laughs> excited about it. We're actually jazzing on it because oh. we watched, we rewatched Soul on Disney Plus. It's a, such a great movie. Yeah, if you're, yes, feel free to engage <laughs> in that too. Watch Soul. It's a wonderful thing. But there's, that's where the term we're jazzing. Yes. And uh, we may actually be bringing more of this to yes. you because we're working on scripts because eventually we're going to be doing we're gonna filming. Be filming and we're excited about that. And we may rehearse some of the strips. Scripts. Strips. Uh, no, we're not stripping. Not. We're scripting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> and we bring those to you to get some feedback from you. If you're listening and want to give us some feedback, let us know. Yeah, we're, we'd, we'd welcome it. We're excited about these ideas and hope you are too. <laughs> Okay. We hope your 2023 is kicking off in the way that you want it to be and know that you can always change your experience by changing your in, what's going on inside. Take care. 
hope you enjoyed this episode. Susan here. As a coach, a lot of my time is spent helping clients speak up in a direct and honest way in their relationships at home and at work. Chris Marie and I decided to create a speak up kit to help you do that for yourself. It's the best of our best work that we've gathered to help you. To learn more, go to thriveinc.com forward slash speak up. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash S-P-E-A-K-U-P.